2: It's time, it's time. time, time to get in the zone time to get in the zone with the 49ers web zone. This is the no huddle podcast with Al and Brian.
1: On the other side of the ball, all the defensive line was supposed to be the strength of this team. And let's be honest, it's underperformed to this point, yeah. uh, at least when you look at kind of the, the glorified stat lines, sacks, things of that nature. Uh, their pressure rate, if you look at that and you you believe in that, it, they have a high pressure rate, but it really hasn't translated to necessarily affecting the, the opposing quarterbacks, especially the last three weeks. Do you think that Bosa, Hargrave, Armstead, etc. are struggling with the scheme or is there more going on there? Um, and then where do you feel like Chase Young adds to this to this group, if you will?
2: Well, I mean, Cleveland Farrell is not, a, you know, I mean, he's been a starter. He's not a good player. He wasn't a good player with the Raiders. He doesn't do anything exceptional. He's not sudden. He doesn't win one on ones. He's a guy that plays hard, but he's he's a limited player. Nick Bosa, like I, you know, pressure rate and all that is fine. I mean, there's a place, I guess, for those analytics, honestly, Bry. But I mean, Kirk Cousins dropped back 45 times. They didn't get him to the ground once. Like you mm-hmm. have, to have all the pressure rates you want. You know, Joe Burrow dropped back. I didn't see him, like, really hit the deck. You know, these, you got to hit these quarterbacks early in these games. If you want to own them, if you want to affect them, hit them early. Now, you know, look, a lot falls on Nick, and rightfully so. He's been the highest-paid player in history. But he's not winning. He he pressures quarterbacks, but he's not getting quick escapes. He's not getting quick escapes the way you, some of the elite guys in this league are doing right now. Daniil Hunter is getting quick escapes. T.J. Watt is getting – I don't see – I see Nick – Power rushing, which mm-hmm. is – like, that's what he is. But he also has the ability to swipe, to, to dip. Like, he's not winning with those right now. So, I don't know why that is. Uh, Armstead is a is a contributor because of his size. And when you run stunts, he could be good. Hargrave, I thought, would be a much bigger cog in this defensive front. Me run. too. I, he was just totally disruptive last year in Philly. If, if they led the league in sacks by a wide margin last year – Javon was as big a reason why. And I haven't seen that from him. And I I can't say why. I don't see the power push that he showed in Philly. Now, as far as Chase, I think the best game he ever played was his rookie year against the 49ers. I mean, if you think back to that game in San Francisco. I mean, that game, he scored on a scoop, on a fumble scoop for a touchdown. I mean, he was just all over the place. And Chase has excellent athletic ability. I'm not going to say it's elite. He has excellent athletic ability. And i don't feel like he's ever really learned how to rush the passer warren Sapp was with them working with them this year in washington in training camp um like just basic things like put your hand on the ground stop standing up and trying to rush the quarterback so like that would help but then he says well you know i don't see that good when i'm in a three-point or four-point stance the mm-hmm. way nick can so that's you know maybe that's an adjustment but i, I want to see him with with casarek and see what they can get out of him because he's got great movement he can run and chase with the best. That's kind of what his strength is. But as far as coming in there and winning one-on-ones, I've always said I want to see more from Chase. Like I he can he can wow you with some splash plays, but on a consistent basis, I want to see him win one-on-ones with his ability.
1: I want to follow up real quick with uh, your comment about Hargrave. Uh, You know, we, we obviously as fans uh, thought that there was going to be a significant impact there as well, again, based on how he played last year with Philly. Do you think that uh, this wide nine scheme that, that the 49ers run with their defensive line is that much different from what Hargrave was doing in Philly to where his impact in Philly was just going to naturally be greater than his impact here? Or do you think it's something, something else?
2: Well, I mean, look, the Eagles rush from, you know, Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat. they run, they rush from wide angles as well. Um, his job is to crush the pocket, you know, and if they get the quarterback to, to that he can't step up when you get heat off the edge, Hassan Reddick, Josh Sweat, they all like Brandon Graham, they all had career years, all of them. You know, mm-hmm. and, and Hargrave was a big reason why. Fletcher was good, but he wasn't He wasn't Javon Hargrave. But there was a reason right. why when free agency hit, literally, he was scooped up in the first five minutes. Like, he didn't, he, mm-hmm. he, didn't, he didn't put a for sale sign in the yard. He was already taken. So, but he has not played like that. have not seen – I used to do videos on Javon all the time last year. Like, literally just abusing guards and centers. And, I, I mean, I haven't seen it. And I can't tell you – if there's an injury there, if the paycheck made him happy, like, I don't know. But he hasn't played, and he's, hes I don't know what he is, right, 28, 29 years old? He's young. But that's a position they need. They, they never replaced it with Kinlaw. He hasn't been a good right. player. Um, since DeForest left, they have not been the same at that position.
0: So Bosa doesn't look like Bosa. Hargrave doesn't look like Hargrave. They're missing tackles. They've had 30-plus missed tackles in the last three games. How much of this do you think falls on Steve Wilkes?
2: Well, you know, you can say the play against Minnesota at the end of the first half is on Wilkes. because that play made no sense when Jordan mm-hmm. Addison scored a touch. It made no sense on any level. Like, just tackle the catch wherever it is. Just don't let the ball go over your head. Like, that that play, Kyle called him out on, and he should. Like, it was mm-hmm. – and it's not even what the 49ers do. They never play that style of football. They've never needed to. You know, at, at most, they'll rush either a, a, a nickel slot – what they used to do with Kaywan Williams when he was there, or they'll rush Fred and they'll run some pick. That's usually the most that they'll do. Um, They're they're content to like, okay, play the run with your front seven, keep their safeties back. We're not going to give up those plays. And they did. That falls on on Steve. But basically, they're his own team. And if the rush, if your four-man rush can't affect the quarterback, and, you know, Kirk Cousins or Joe Burrow can get three good seconds to take a look at where the zones and how they're hitting the zones. I mean, Fred and and Dre are as good as anybody in this league. But if you're hitting it with timing, like they're just not getting there fast enough because the quarterback's not affected.
0: So I feel like we ask every guest on the show about Brock Purdy, but we have have to do the same for you because he's got a lot of heat now. Um, I feel like it's, it's a situation where he maybe got more credit than he deserved when they were winning, and now he's taking more blame than he deserves when they're losing. I think overall for his second-year QB, I think he's done really well. You know, there has been some mistakes in there. How do you think he's developed in year two, and where are you in, in just what you've seen
2: from him? Well, I mean, look, the interceptions are the interceptions. You know, the one against San Francisco, Martin Emerson, you know, he's thrown it to Ayuk, and he doesn't put it – in front of I he puts it on his back shoulder. Emerson's right there where he should be. He's playing in phase, and he missed. He missed his target, a moving target. He didn't, he didn't do that a lot. He went, I don't know, nine games out, throwing an interception. Um, the last couple of weeks now, look, the, the play where Jermaine Pratt got him at the eight-yard line, that can happen to guys. Like, you're on the run, you're trying to make a play, the ball doesn't come out right, um, it gets picked. It, that's not like because of great coverage or he didn't see a guy. You know, it's just that happens on screens. It happens sometimes. Um, you can pick apart each one of them. I think he's playing. But even if you go and you look at, you know, Cincinnati, um, he made throws across the field that Mahomes makes. The, the touchdown to McCaffrey is a Mahomes kind of play. Like, I don't know how he saw it. I don't know how he got anything on the ball. I still think he's playing really well. I think the world of him. You can pick apart the interceptions; that's fair, and they always fall on the quarterback. But I like to see him. I like to see him this week again on the road against a good defense, fully healthy, and everybody hit their spots.
1: Yeah, I I tend to think sometimes we might interceptions are 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 never good, and they're always on the quarterback. But I would almost rather have a quarterback that may throw some interceptions because he's trying to push the ball down the field or trying to do some things rather than a a quarterback who holds the ball in the pocket and takes sacks and things like that. Oh, Brian, listen. Or doesn't seem to be that way.
2: I mean, I was talking to Kurt Warner about this probably last week. And he said he'd rather throw five interceptions than to throw the ball on third and ten to the sidelines and punt. You know, now he's being a little facetious there. Right. But I I don't want Brock to come out against Jacksonville or Philadelphia or Baltimore, whoever they got, and play conservative. You're not winning a championship. They had Alex yeah. Smith who did that. Mm-hmm. You know, they, you're not winning anything if you just play it close to the vest and and play not to turn the ball over. Nobody's winning anything in this business. Like I want, I want him to stay aggressive. And look, they're a big deep um, in cut team. They love their in cuts. You're hitting ball on the run. It's it's an 18 yard play that turns into 40. Like I want, I don't want him to stop making those throws. That's what got them to where they're at, where they're like, "He's our guy." Yeah, but you have to—you also have to live with the mistakes. Defense has to go out there and shut teams down after those mistakes. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's a team game. I want my quarterback to be aggressive.
1: Yeah, you know, and and this this stat has been going around just because of the way that the the three games have gone, yeah, uh, of the, their last three games. But Kyle Shanahan's record in San Francisco. Uh, when trailing by three plus points going into the fourth quarter is now one in 31. Um, Is that, do you feel like that might be just kind of a fluky number Uh, or do you feel like his offense with the reliance on the running game tends to be more of a front running offense? And when they get behind is when they start to struggle a little bit.
2: Well, I don't think there's a fluke to that stat. I mean, that stat is pretty alarming. I I didn't know that one, Bri. Um, That's an alarming stat because that, that's not – a fluke would be if it happened three times in four weeks and it never happened outside of that. That'd be a fluke. Right. But, look, I mean, if you take two runs away from Christian McCaffrey over the last three weeks, yeah. he's averaging he, – he hasn't gained 100 yards in three games. He's averaging just a tad over three yards of carry. He hadn't been special at all. Now, mm-hmm. is that McCaffrey? Is that no Trent Williams? Is that um, – because I see the same plays over and over again. Like, I don't no, think they're know. a difficult run offense to defend. I mean, they, they'll run Juice over to the same side as uh, Kittle, and they'll double the outside guy, and they'll get a zone stretch going. They'll run a back play, uh, you know, with Juice going one way, and they'll come back the other way. Like, I, I see the same plays. They're not running them as well right now, period. So do they need a variety? Do they need a change? I, I, don't, I don't believe that you need – you know, a whole arsenal of different types of runs. But they're being defended right now um, without without really being, you know, anything special about how They're not blitzing these runs and selling out to stop them. They're just stopping them. So, you know, they got to get better at them. And I'm sure that's been an emphasis. I hope it's been a big emphasis during the bye week. Yeah. And then
0: to finish up, all the we know how good Philly can be. If the Niners can get it together and get back to where they were, what other teams besides Philly and the NFC do you think they need to worry about, if
2: any? Well, I think you have to pay attention to what Dallas can do. They went up and down the field on the Eagles on Sunday afternoon all day. Dak had a great game. CeeDee Lamb, Dalton Schultz, they all had great games. I mean, the Eagles secondary has not been good. And the pass rush isn't close to what it was a year ago for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're not a good they're – not, they're not a great defense by any stretch. The great defense is – are in the AFC right now. We'll see if San Francisco can rise up. But I I think you have to pay attention to Detroit. You know, I I would say, I know New Orleans is kind of up and down, but if you look at them defensively now, their secondary is as good as anybody. In fact, their quarterback completion percentage against their defense is the lowest in the league. It's 55%. I mean, when you look at Lattimore and Elante Taylor and Paulson Adebo, this week's defensive player of the week, like they are excellent man coverage, just the way you saw Cleveland, you know, a month mm-hmm. ago, like they can defend the pass. They're playing very, so defensively they're going to keep them in every game. And now it look they look a lot better to me when Taysom Hill is a bigger part of the offense. Like he just is a big component when he gets to touch the ball in a variety of ways. So I wouldn't sleep on new Orleans at all, but look, maybe Detroit, maybe new Orleans. Um, I don't believe in Atlanta just because, I don't know what they're doing. You know, I mean, if Taylor Heineke is their Not guy, I think does. San Francisco is too worried. And then I would say on an outside level, you know, and I and I don't want to sleep on Seattle. I know they got blown out. You're going to see them in, Seattle, in San Francisco in a couple of weeks. I'm going to be out there for that game. Like, they've, they've got a lot of you. They have 15 rookies on their active roster. Those rookies, Witherspoon and, and Jigba, like those guys are only going to get better. So I wouldn't sleep on Seattle at all.
0: Baldy, thanks so much for the time. We really appreciate it.
2: Yep, my pleasure, Al. Brian, I'll talk thanks. to you soon. Yep. Thanks, Baldy. Okay, guys.